0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: Commitment that Amber Wilson has in her disdain for producer James Steele, the Kansas City fan, as a Miami Dolphins fan, is impressive. The fact that she took today off at a protest just to get ready for the upset of Super Wild Card Weekend, very impressive. Peter Burns in for for Amber Wilson.
2: <laughs>
1: Don't get me started on that. Uh, Ian Fitzsimmons, we'll not cowardly. In, in fact, if anybody I thought was going to tap out after you being on the road for like 15 days straight and national championship game, and yet here you are, bright eyed and bushy tailed Ian Fitzsimmons, ready to rock and roll for another hour
2: here. Come on, man. Absolutely. I mean, after the natty and all the coaching changes after Black Monday in the NFL, there's no way in hell I would ever miss this show. And
1: that's why we're talking to Buck Risen of 104.5, The Zone in Nashville, one of our favorite stations and affiliates out there. Buck, all right, so let's talk about the Mike Vrabel news. I had heard from some people around in my neck of the woods saying, hey, don't be surprised if this thing happens. It comes down. How shocked were you when the Titans decided to let Vrabel go?
0: Uh, Not shocked because it was all over the place on Sunday here locally. Um, And it's, you know, it's been contentious all year long it's been vibes uh, way off all year long with the organization that they tried to put together under amy adams struck and you guys were making jokes about some cowardly behavior uh in the intro i don't think there's any bigger cowardice than what the titans ownership group pulled today um trotting out Rand Carthon to answer a bunch of questions that weren't canned about a coach that he neither had the ability to hire or fire it's it's messy down here
1: did you feel like that should come from ownership or, or a, a different voice, and, and that's why you were disappointed with it?
0: Hell yes. <laughs> I, think, I think if you're going to talk about the things that fans deserve uh, from the Tennessee Titans as an organization, it better be better than a five-minute canned video that you put together with the team's play-by-play guy uh, and not even really answering the questions that were prepared for that particular interview and think that that is satisfactory for anybody. Now, I know that NFL owners are not obligated to speak, and certainly Amy Adams-Strunk, who is the controlling owner here, is no Jerry Jones. But um, there's too many things that are swirling around and no clear direction as to what they're going uh, going to do doing for it. I mean, I just got out of a press conference a couple hours ago with Ray Carthon, where he said they weren't ready to share the vision of what the organization wants to do yet with the fan base. And if you're firing the coach that's been there for six years and taking you to an AFC championship game, you've got to do better than telling me you don't have a vision.
2: Yeah, if you're firing the coach, especially one that has three you know, Super Bowl rings and has won two division titles and gotten you to that, that you know conference championship game, I would hope you already have a guy in mind or at least damn near close to under contract. So having said that, Buck, I mean, how do you sum up how Rand Carthon won this battle over Mike Vrabel, a first-year GM over a guy who has skins on the wall and a guy like Vrabes?
0: You know, it's not it's not a Ran Carthon thing, guys. Like, he's just – and I, I, I honestly hate it for him. I think he's caught up in the middle of this mess. This was between Mike Vrabel and Amy Adams Strunk. Um, it's my understanding she uh, – told him yesterday in their initial meetings uh that he was no longer going to have the degree of roster control that he's had which has been a whole nebulous thing here nobody will nobody was willing to say who had final say over roster and things of the like uh trying to avoid a lot of this mess and in doing so um you know Mike Vrabel did not appreciate that so as much as it is a firing today I don't think that Mike wanted to move forward with the current construct that she put together here I don't it's, it's, I don't want to say that it's not about Rand Carthon because that does him a bit of a, a disservice, I guess, in the role of general, general manager, but this is not a conventional general manager situation. Hell, he wasn't even willing to say that he was going to be the lead on, on the coaching search uh in this again i don't know if you guys caught any of this press conference today but it's one of the weirder press conferences that i've been a part of in eight years covering the state i'll
2: be honest i was driving back from the national championship so no i didn't so if you can for any everyone listening sum up what the heck happened today in that press conference uh
0: what what i mean as best i can Rand carthon got trotted out uh to talk about a decision that he did not make um he basically uh, the the opening the opening statement sounded like a defense of Mike Frabel, that he, that there was no rift in their relationship as was being reported and you know keep in mind that Rand has not talked to us since training camp opened so there's been a lot of stuff that's happened between now uh, and August um, but that there was no rift as was being speculated all over the place that Mike Frabel and he were in lockstep and when I asked Rand specifically today then where was the disparity? Between uh, what their relationship was and what the organization's vision was, he referred us back to Amy Adams Strunk's statement that was released right after Mike Brable was fired. So I, it was it was certainly a press conference. I don't know what we learned, if anything, but it was a press conference.
1: Buck, it almost feels like from that description and in just the uh, just the tone of the voice of, of somebody that was there and lived it is the fact of like this ownership group feels like, hey, you know what, I got a bunch of cap space. I got a GM that I've already given the keys to, and now I've got an opportunity to go land a big fish because if I'm not mistaken, they've got some, what? Uh, they're, they're, they're sitting pretty as far as what cap space. They don't have a ton of dead money coming up next year, right?
0: No, they've got the second uh, most available cap space in the league right now. And they've got eight draft picks and a quarterback that they think they feel pretty good about in Will Levis. Uh, I know the results were mixed this year, but the roster in, in Tennessee is wretched. Um, which got John Robinson fired in December of last year, the former general manager. So, um, you know that and an AJ Brown trade that continues to haunt Titans fans every time they mm-hmm. see Traylon Burks trot out of the tunnel at Nissan Stadium. But I think for uh, for their situation, it's it's really it it is a, a solid one. But if you look around at the division, if the Titans have the second most cap space, the Texans have the fourth most, and the Colts have the fifth most. <laughs> like this is this is a really difficult spot that they're going to have to maneuver. And, you know, to their credit, uh, Amy adams and as the controlling owner, she made a decision today that she didn't want to get left behind in the shuffle. Um, I know Ben Johnson, who's on everybody's lips right now, the Lions OC, is somebody that they're very, very interested in, uh, as, as is every other coach or every other organization with an opening uh, at this point. And she didn't want to waste any time with the idea of a trade, a trade that was speculated about all over the place of Mike Rabel to New England and a trade that he was never asked about, Mike Rabel.
2: Hmm. All right, so elaborate a little bit more on that, because when you fire a coach, you better have one already damn near in mind or, or almost under contract. Unless you
1: say we don't know what the vision is. Right? <laughs>
2: Unless you not right. <laughs> so having said all of that, so now, Buck, you know are the, the owner. You're the GM. At this point. Yeah. What, one more time?
0: I said they They apparently, they allegedly have a vision. They're just not willing to share it with media or the fan base at this particular time, guys.
2: Woo, Bubba! All right, so right now, if, if if you can sum up the state of the Titans after firing a guy again who won two division titles, took you to a title game, has three Super Bowl rings as a player, how would you describe the state of the
0: Tennessee Titans right now? Mean girls, y'all seen that movie? This is very, this is very, you can't sit with us type of vibes, and it's all kinds of weird and petty and dysfunctional and listen they all all nfl organizations have a level of dysfunction and this one is no different the texans just went from being one of the worst runs organizations in football to winning a division because they got a quarterback and a coach that's competent you can cover up a lot when you win but uh at 6 and 11 a lot of your ugliness bubbles to the surface and it's ugly down here in tennessee
1: buck if uh all of a sudden um, ownership calls you and says buck rising who would you hire to be the next head coach for the tennessee titans your short list is what
0: Jim Harbaugh, I, I don't, nothing against Ben Johnson or, or any of these other coordinators who are being talked about right now, but this is a situation that needs stability. Um, Harbaugh has a great track, develop, uh, track record developing quarterbacks. He's been in the league. He understands how to, how to galvanize people. He may have a, you know, a short shelf life, as was the case in San Francisco. But uh, if you, <laughs> I know a lot of people are going to be interested in Jim Harbaugh. This needs to be one of the places. I would have loved it if you would have said Mike Rabel. I mean, hell, he, hes the one with the, the the second best resume out there now. How,
2: how about Belichick? If all
0: like,
1: like there used to be the whole like wife swap show. Like, what if it ends up being a coach swap that wasn't a trade and just they're like, hey, listen, you're gonna head on up here. Here's how the parking works here. And then Vrabel calls Belichick and says, all right, here's here's the neighborhood you need to live in in Nashville.
0: Yeah, I think if I think if Bill Belichick calls Mike Gravel right now, I think the last thing he's going to be doing is neighborhood recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: plan. gonna make uh, for fun local sports talk radio 104.5, the zone in Nashville. You guys always crush it, Buck. We appreciate the time, man.
0: Always a pleasure. Appreciate you all having me on.
1: It's uh, Buck Rising. uh again. It's just. It's a weird deal, right? But you could tell, man. Billionaire owners have billionaire egos, and at some point, if they get it in their mind, Fitzy, they're just like, "This is this is not my guy any longer." It's That's why happen. I
2: love talking to local guys, and you and I have both done local radio. Oh yeah, right? you got boots on the ground, and the national perception is: Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel did not see eye to eye. And you listen to Buck Rising, who is there and covers the team every single day. It was not Carthon. It was not a, a butting of heads with Vrabel. It was ownership in Vrabel, not Rand Carthon. And that to me is fascinating when he when for any, uh, for any coach going forward, right? Now, you hear that? Listen, what, why, they all why, talk, right? All, all, I, these, all these agents talk, all the coaches talk. Now you're going, all right, well, what am I dealing with here? Am I dealing with Carthon or am I dealing with ownership? When, you, when you're looking a, to it, hire an you're going to say, buddy,
1: it's a mess. I can get you that job if you want it, but it's going to be a mess. And yep. what coach worth its metal at the top of the tier it wants to take that? They want to go into a situation where an ownership is going to be more like Bob Craft that says, hey, man, go do your thing. I ain't going to meddle in it whatsoever. Listen, I live in the Queen City, I live here in Charlotte, and you talk about dumpster fire. It's a dumpster fire that even the owner pouring drinks on fans can can extinguish right now because Tepper has meddled that thing beyond all belief. They don't have their number one pick, and they have a roster that's atrocious and a fan base that is just apathetic right now. that's just a, it's a bunch of Sunday golf claps right there, and it's it's a bad bad product. And I and who someone's going to get an opportunity to get that job? And it's guess one what? Of thirty-two. Somebody's that it, the it, attraction. It's one, it's one, of, one 32. of thirty-two, and guess what? That buyout better be very sweet because whoever gets that job. They ain't winning in that program. They ain't winning in that franchise for any time soon. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save a progressive can save nearly $750 on average. Call or click today and find out how we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. All right, he brought up Jim Harbaugh, so I'm going to say it. Why Jim Harbaugh is about to make the smart but cowardly decision. That next on ESPN Radio. Oh, baby.
2: Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight La
3: Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at lq.com.
0: Always have to be. What's the future? I would be stunned if Harbaugh's not in the NFL
2: next year. He did what he said he was going to do, which is restore Michigan to greatness. He will now be interviewing teams like he is in a position of power. I just want to enjoy this. Can a guy
1: have that? No, Jim, you can't have that. That's not how these things work. You win a title, then we're going to ask you, what's next? you going to win another one? You're going to win five straight? You're going to the NFL? You can't have nice things. Are you saving? Well, what are we doing here? Peter Burns in for Amber Wilson, Ian Fitzsimmons. Always presented by Progressive Insurance. You can hit us up on the Doctor Pepper Call-In Line eight 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 say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine thirty seven seventy six. Fitz, walk walk me through this because I'm having I have an issue.
3: I loved and, what I saw. And issue?
1: Well, multiple, but that's just one that I can talk about on air because of <laughs> my HR file. But. <laughs> I hate that Harbaugh is about to make the smart but cowardly decision to go to the NFL. I absolutely hate it. All right, stop right there. Stop, stop, stop. Why is it cowardly? He's always talked about being the Michigan man, right? He is the Michigan man through and through. That's who he is, right? Okay. Exhibit A is that if you're the true Michigan man, do you not just see what you did? Three straight wins against Ohio State. You've put this program at the top, at the pinnacle of college football. Name, image, and likeness is going well. Everybody's ripping. You've you've proven that you can do it. A true Michigan man says, you know what, we use this to build. This is the foundation. I'm a true Michigan man. I'm in. We're going to continue to use this to go as a catalyst. Secondary part of that, right? Talks about, hey, everybody, oh, poor Harbaugh. He's got suspended twice, and the NCAA is out to get Harbaugh and all this stuff. Doesn't an innocent man stick around and fight the accusations against him? Doesn't an innocent man that says, "Hey, man, I, listen, I, you, okay, you want to come after
2: me? Fine, I can. I let's go." he yeah, he but, but, but a smart man knows the truth. And here is yeah. here's the here's the other part. Remember before the Maryland game, when everything was coming down with Connor Stallions, right? They were going to fight and take it to court. Oh yeah. You know, like, hey, we're challenging everything. Uh, I can't know.
1: believe this. I mean, the the, the Michigan president, we, we, everybody kept going out there and,
2: saying, see no. you in court, buddy. We we are we are going to fight this to the nth degree. Next thing you know, uh, no, we're good, and we're going to fire yeah. our linebackers coach uh, who was associated with Connor Stallions. Mm-hmm. And then the next week, oh, by the way, Penn State, we're going to throw it eight times or nine times. I can't remember which one it was which was a great game plan, by the way, by Sean Moore, interim head coach. Why was he coaching that game? Because Jim Harbaugh was suspended for the last three games of the season because Michigan did not end up going to court and fighting it. And they fired their linebacker coach. We can go on in a long timeline here, man. But Mm -hmm. bottom line is this. He did restore glory. He did lead Michigan half the season to – their first outright title since 1948. People right, forget that the one in '97 was shared, but yes, this correct. is the winningest program in the history of college football. And their last outright title was 1948.
1: And so, now, but, but, but you can't have it both ways, though, because I'm you're, not having you're, it both ways. I'm just oh, telling you what I think. you're having it, Fitch. You're having How? it both ways. How? All right, earlier today you said, miss me with the tainted title stuff. This is not a – there's no tainted title. But yet you're telling me – I'm talking after, about from it, the player's it, perspective on the tainted title. Right. But you can't look at it from a, from a fan's perspective. From every single one of those players, did they earn it on the field? Hell yes that they Damn did. Damn right they did. You, did, I mean, with the way that they beat Ohio State, they won the Big Ten championship, even going back to the Penn State game, all of that. Did they win it? Did he beat Alabama? Absolutely. Did they beat Washington? I've seen it with my eyes. They absolutely did. But when you look at the big picture about Michigan football, and we start talking about how dominant they were all year long, are we ever going to bring up the two different suspensions, the allegations, the firing, the NCAA, the FAI investigation, all of that? Of course we are. So we're always going to look at Michigan football and this title as a tainted title to a certain degree. I, I, I don't.
2: You might. There's not, there's not a plural form of that pronoun when it comes to the way I look at it. These guys, man, that that team, when uh, take when when Connor Stallions was outed, right? They were playing Weehaw State, right, and St. Mary's School of the Blind. When they had to go minus forty two and a half, I against, think they were they were yeah
1: right. <laughs> got to buy the hook. I mean, listen, if you're playing St. Mary's School of the Blind. You got to buy the hook. It's just, always
2: always the Amish it's School like, of Technology. They lost bookie. last weekend
1: to them. Yes.
2: Always buy the, the hook. You never Always want to the get hook. beat by that little that little <laughs> hanger there, right? Always, it's Always worth the the, the, it's worth the five percent. But anyway, they the the gauntlet of their schedule, they ran through it. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm all about the players, man, and the players. I, they are this was a player led team, and they found a way to get it done. But the bottom line is, for Harbaugh, you're calling him taking the cowardly way out. I think it's a smart way out. You restored glory, right? You you delivered the first outright title since 1948. Yeah, and it's, now it's a mic
1: drop. It's an absolute mic you're drop. You're gone. And, and, and what, let me also, ask you a question. It's also, Burns. It's also Kaiser Sose at the end of Usual Suspects, no, spoiler alert, walking, walking around and just going, an I limp. got away with it. No. I got away with all of it at that point. Like if Cut. like Harbaugh sits there fits and he sits, I mean, you know what? And who has banged the table more for player rights in in any and any other coach in all of college Jim football? Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh does right, and why? Part of the reason why I say it's cowardly because I'm like, if you truly believe that, right? And he's a weird enough cat to do this, even though the smart decision is for him to go to the NFL. To go to the NFL, the the brave decision would be for him. You know what? I care so much about my players and Michigan. I'm a Michigan man, and I'm innocent of all of this. I'm saying to Ann Arbor, screw the haters, okay? Screw the easy way, because what I'm going to do is I'm going to change college football. His legacy of changing college football and the sport of football as we know it is much greater
2: staying in Ann Arbor than it is going and taking whatever fill-in-the-blank NFL job. There's a difference between being cowardly and smart, and you mentioned the word innocent. And there ain't no way in hell with all the evidence that we have with Connor Stallions that he didn't know about it. I mean, in my opinion. So, or at least somebody, I mean, a lot of people on that staff, that, he wasn't going out there buying all those tickets on StubHub, and they didn't drop that lawsuit before the Maryland game because they thought they were innocent, right? So, let's just be very clear here. But I want to... So Harbaugh's a cheater. I don't want to take anything away from what these players did but if i'm jim harbaugh you're saying he's taking the cowardly way out i think he's taking the smart way out you won the natty you're done you got a bunch of seniors and grad students look at their roster never never return to the scene of a crime right is that what you're saying don't return to the scene of the crime nine out of ten guys are seniors or grad students
1: get the hell
2: out of Dodge, and go get paid in the NFL, yeah. and that's exactly what he's going to do.
1: Before the FBI and before the NCAA investigations show up, and they come out with their with, with their findings. I look, I mean, and if that's the again, case, then
2: if that's the case. If they, felt they were innocent, they would not have dropped their lawsuit before the Maryland game. He knows it. They know it. But I don't want to punish the players because the players had nothing to do with this. And a lot what of about times. The other, what about the other college... players that had to deal with
1: Michigan's improprietary information? That that they they not get punished
2: earlier in the year? Did they not get punished years and years of here's that? Here is the thing about that. Early in this year, you think it matters if Weehaw State didn't have Connor Stallions? <laughs> I mean, come on.
1: I'm not punishing the players. I want not... I want to hear from you. What you guys think? Michigan fan or non-Michigan fan? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Which side are you on? A tainted title or not? Ian Fitzsimmons, Peter Burns, yelling at each other on a fun Monday night here. Sleep deprived. Coward! This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple.
3: Always have to be,
0: what's the future? I would be stunned if Harbaugh's not in the NFL next year. He did what he said he was going to do, which is restore Michigan to greatness.
2: He will now be interviewing teams like he is in a position
0: of power. I just want to enjoy this. Can a guy have that?
2: That is college football
1: headed to a 12-team playoff. We can see clearly now it's college football 3.0 is a- upon us, and Rachel did finally clean her glasses in the studio. It's going to be a bright, <laughs> bright, <laughs> sunshiny night. Cold night in Bristol. Ian Fitzsimmons, Peter Burns, here on Amber and Ian, presented by Progressive Insurance. Tainted title or not? What say you? Michigan beating uh, Washington State, thirty-four me to
2: nuts. thirteen. Just to call it a tainted title, for I, players from the players' perspective. I, I, I'm these with you, dudes buddy. Busted I'm, their butts, bled, sweat. I they mean, won those games. Absolutely. Every single one of them, and half of them it. without their head coach, yeah. right? And. What? Which maybe remind me remind me real quick why was the head coach not there? Yeah, I get it, man. I mean, well, well, the first three COVID (laughs) recruiting in COVID, Mm -hmm. which as you know, nine out of ten schools were doing it during COVID. Nine point five, I believe, actually. (laughs) Right, so that one. Bam. Bam! Throw that one out yeah. the door, right? I mean, for my, But the my one in opinion. which the
1: Big Ten legitimately in the middle of a championship season deemed it so bad that they had to come in and say, we're suspending your head coach in the middle of the season. A title contending team, one of the best teams the Big Ten has ever had in the history of that conference. They hadn't won a national championship since 2014, and it was so egregious. In the middle of the season, the Big Ten commissioner says, you know what? This ain't right. Yotta that was the counter
2: stallions sign stealing. That's a different one, right? Okay. And that that that's the one where, all right, that's some teeth to it. But again, I am not going to take anything away from Blake Corum or Mason Graham or Braden McGregor, Michael Barrett, Mike Seens. I mean, all of them. They, look, those Will Johnson, those dudes went out there and played every game and fought their butts off to fifteen and zero. So and I asked, I mean, at Media Day, I asked every single player from Blake Corum to w- Will Johnson to Rod Moore starting safety and they all said, We've heard it, you know, but we know what we've done here. And th- that that is galvanized. yeah, it's grew. probably
1: gonna be pretty tainted because we were watching a bunch of cut ups of film that we stole over the last couple of years. Like no one was going to say that. Like I I get it. And I, and I'm I'm I 1,000% I understand what you're talking about from a player standpoint. Did I see the players on the field beat the ever-living you-know-what out of Alabama? Yep. Did I see it in Washington? Absolutely. Do I respect it? Yep. Penn State, Ohio State. And, right. No sign stealing in those games. But are you, you going to be able done? to look at them like 95 Nebraska, at like 2019 LSU, 2022 Georgia, some of these great teams we've had in years past and go – yeah, that's that. That's one of the greatest teams ever. Or are you going to have that in your moment? That that in thing in your mind going? Yeah, but I don't know. Let's talk to Terrence in Georgia. Thanks for joining us here on ESPN Radio, Terrence. Tainted title or not?
2: No, it's no, it's not a tainted title. Uh, like like Ian was saying, the guys on the field
0: did the work. I mean, Harbaugh, we all know what he's about. Come on now, he's he's not he's not a choir boy for, by no stretch of the imagination. And I
3: can't stand Michigan, and I hate to admit that, that it's not a tainted title. They beat my team three years in a row. You know, I I love Ohio
2: State, and they just beat them three years in a row, and I cannot take it, but hats off to, to, to the winner. I mean, they brought the title home to the Big Ten, and the SEC is not all that. Thanks there it is. Guys.
1: Terrence, by the way, you're going to like the SEC because you just got Quinshawn Judkins, who's going to be a hell of a back for your Buckeyes.
2: Oh, buck, my ice. Lord, I do.
1: Josh that. in Alabama. Tainted title or not?
3: No. Okay. No, it's not a tainted title
0: at all. Uh, like, it, like everybody's already said, the players went out, they did the work, they did the job. They had the job done on the field. Uh, and I think 20 years from now, 15 years from now, uh, I do not believe you look at this and say this was a tainted title.
1: It is. So before we take another call, thank you, Josh. I'm glad you said that because we are quick to knee-jerk reactions on everything, right? I mean, it was anything that we have, we're going to make it the next overnight celebrity, and we're going to all of a sudden say, this is the greatest thing, this is the worst thing ever. This thing plays out eventually, you would hope within the next, I don't know, year and a half, two years, it's going to take uh, about that long. You're spot on. Yeah, it's not going to be overnight. But does the NCAA still even oversee college football in great, two years? Great
2: question. I I don't know. Look, they don't oversee the college football playoff now. Now? <laughs> Much less, you know, I mean, Adele. Suspensions what? and Sanctions they do. But to your point, they've already lost control of the title. And will they lose control if this thing goes to three mega conferences, right? Or, you know, consolidate just into what we have now in four and that's it status quo. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with the ACC and Florida state and Clemson and UNC. I mean, who knows right What the future holds, but to your point in the moment, yeah. I mean, what power will the NCAA have down the road, but to the previous caller's 10, 15 years from now, how will we view it? Look, the fab five, there are no banners for the fab five staying at Michigan, right? But we all remember them playing UNC. We all remember yeah. the baggy shorts. We all remember how dominant that team was. We are going to. We are not going to forget how dominant, you know, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, and you know, and Sam still and eleven games Michael by twenty Barrett. plus. I mean, right. we are go- We are not. Go- Blake Corum set records that have never been done at Michigan. Think about all the great Michigan running backs, and Blake Corum broke every. Single record, and I'm gonna tell you right now. I've gotten to know that young man the last three years. You will not find a finer human being who is as grounded and morally sound as Blake Corum. Dude, take here. Which one of my daughters do you want to marry, man? I mean, my <laughs> gosh, this dude is amazing. And so, when you're talking about tainted titles, that those are the guys I think of. That man, that dude did everything the right way and came back for another run. He could have gone to the league last year yeah. and came back to, to go for what they just achieved. To me, that says everything about yeah. the character of the players on that team. And a team is not just the players, it's the coaches and leadership
1: as well. And as Blake Corum set records, so did Jim Harbaugh. I set records for the most amount of times ever suspended <laughs> in a season <laughs> in a national championship <laughs> year. JT in Georgia, tainted or not,
3: Yes, it is, tainted. Hey, First of all, let me say something real quick. Hey, Ian, thanks a lot, man. I think you're the best sideline guy in the business, man. I can remember when you used to be doing the old the Wyoming and Utah State games and I was Ooh. driving home <laughs> and I used to listen to them on the weekends. Man, I've always been a fan of yours since Thank back you, in the boss. day. But, yes, it is a tainted championship, not from the player's standpoint. It is, though, because of this. I think that no one really talks about the reason that Jim Harbaugh was suspended only three games, because if he had been suspended for the championship game, Florida State could have used the same uh, argument to why they weren't in because it says coach and or player significantly missing the last game. They could have used that to eliminate Michigan, but the three games, is kind of like I'll take the probation and suspension rather than taking it to court because I know I'm not going to win that. So it is painted not from the player's standpoint, but the information that they got, we do know they used it, and it did help them. We don't know how much, but we do know it did help them.
1: JT, uh, what's interesting, and I told this to Ian before the show started, that when you go back and look at this, Tony Petiti, the brand-new Big Ten commissioner, had a really tough cards, uh, you know, uh, uh, hand of cards dealt to him because he had all these cheating allegations, and he had everybody else in the conference saying, bro, are you going to do something about this? Meanwhile, you had Michigan on this historic run. And he and comes from a
2: TV background. Remember that. And it, all damn TV if he didn't
1: thread the needle pretty darn good on this thing. That he said, I got enough here that I'm going to suspend Harbaugh and, and hurt the program, but not enough to where it hamstrung them. I'm going to quiet all the rest of the, the 15 schools in the conference – However many are in the Big Ten anymore, I don't even know in, in conference realignment. But everybody, hey, y'all be quiet. I am, I am handling this, right? But it didn't cost Michigan uh, a, a title. And he ba- they basically called Michigan's bluff after the Maryland thing. After they suspended Harbaugh, they said, all right, bet, see us in court, okay? You want your cards out on the table in front of everybody? I'll, I'll, we will be gladly to tell you what evidence we had. And Michigan had every single right And they, you know, pomp and circumstance, they had their chest out, and they were the chancellor and the president, all of the athletic director. They're all sending out these these tweet missives about, I can't believe this, blah, blah, blah. And then the Big Ten commissioner at that point says, fine, meet us in court under oath. I'll show you evidence of what we had. And what did Michigan do? Accept the suspension. Yeah. They backed down. They cowered. Because they knew what they had. They knew what they had done. And if you know what you have done and you're not 100% innocent and you couldn't go out in there and proven yourself, what does that say about you? That says that you did cheat.
2: And that, that is a tainted title. And, and, Peter, there's not you find me a college football team or an NFL team that isn't stealing signs, I'll tell you a team that ain't getting it done, right? But with the problem with Michigan is they went to a whole nother level. And do a, I mean, uh, to sending a guy on StubHub, right, buying StubHub tickets, and being on the Central Michigan sideline with a head coach, right, who used to be a former Michigan assistant. I mean, the video, it, it's it's all there. I get all that. It's I wonderful do. content. It's, I mean, they it's they really went to brilliant. a whole nother level of uh, cheating that any other team was sitting there going, "Damn, if you would have just been smart about it." Like, I can't <laughs> imagine, like. Like Lane Kiffin, right? Or or Kirby Smart or or, or Nick Saban going, man, they had a genius concept. If they would just use like three guys yeah, instead of Me- just the same dude. <laughs> Meanwhile, you got Jeremy Pruitt giving money on McDonald's bags out of the man, South. I mean, like what, to- a, what a brilliant idea, but they, they screwed the pooch because they use the same dude on every single one of them. But bottom line is this, after they got busted – after mm-hmm. there were no more yeah. sign stealing, they beat the best teams out there on their schedule, and I am not going to take that away from the players that bled, sweat, and grinded to 15-0. and you can follow him on Twitter
1: at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can yell at me there at Peter Burns ESPN. 888 say me. ESPN is the phone number. We'll uh, talk a little more NFL, talk more Horrible, but his NFL
3: future and Super Wildcard weekend as well. Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio. Why your team won't win the Super Bowl. Oh, no! We suck again! Again!
2: Again! Again! With Amber and Ian. There's a chance we won't win. Browns at Texans.
1: I try to be positive, Pete, on this show. Despite the person who called in earlier going, stop yelling at Ian. Sorry, Fitz. You never put I, that guy on the air. I know. Intentionally. Should've. Is he still on hold? We can get him on. <laughs> David. We'll get him. Is he really? <laughs> let's go to yeah, David. Yeah, he's on Yeah, he's on. No, let's go, let's go, 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 go David to David real quick. Yeah, I want to go to David on. before we get to there Browns in Texans. David, what's up, man? Yeah, how you doing, Ian? Hey, what's up
0: here?
3: Peter, hey, yeah. I appreciate the fact that you're taking over for Amber. That's an awesome job you're doing. But you've got to let Ian finish his sentences. <laughs> this is not an argue fest here. We're trying to listen and learn something from you guys.
1: Buddy, if you're listening to me to learn something, you have made the wrong life choice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> David, um, I appreciate it. I want you. fighting. I, I, I don't I disagree with David. I want you guys to fight more.
1: I David, thank you. Um and I, I will take the uh, and, constructive criticism. And David, if
2: you're if you're trying to learn something from me, Bubba, my kids will tell you. That's a wrong that's I, I love you for it. But Padna, that's that's uh yeah. That's a road you don't want to go down. I promise you.
1: So let us tell you now why the Cleveland Browns won't there win the Super go. Bowl. You know, <laughs> in, in our conviction, I mean, it would be too simple to say it's because they're the Cleveland Browns, right? Because that the 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 you know you turn into the pumpkin at midnight. It is Joe Flacco, this incredible run that they've been on, and this. Odd, weird Deshaun Watson situation. Flacco comes in there. Now they're facing Deshaun's old team. So many intriguing storylines here. But there's a reason why this number sits at where it's at right now. I mean, this has been a team that's
2: been really interesting all season long, Fitz. Yeah, Browns on the road, man. I mean, they are a a one-and-a-half point. It opened at one-and-a-half, now at two-and-a-half. So some sharp Mm. money came in quickly on ESPN bet on the Cleveland Browns uh, for the Saturday 3.30 Central time, uh, Houston time, kick on NBC. But, uh, look, not a name drop. This is just a fact, right? Pre-game at the Natty last night, D'Amico Ryans, head coach, Houston Texans, was down on the sideline. Love him. And you and I got to know him when he was at Alabama as a player. And, man, when I I walked up to him, the last time I saw him was 10 years ago. I didn't have a beard, and I was probably 20 pounds lighter. Right? And... And I walk up, and I'm like, hey, Meek, good to see you again, man. Ian Simmons, and he goes, jocks, Birmingham, WJOX, right, Where, yeah. which is a blowtorch in the SEC. And we just kind of fell back into it. He's a people person, mm-hmm. and he treats people the right way. And I, I'm just giving that, that little moment there as an example of how D'Amico Ryans is just a, a sponge. He doesn't forget anything. So you wonder how he goes back to, I mean, this play call from 15 years ago that he may have seen when he was a player. I Man, he just has a remarkable recall, but he also treats people the way people mm-hmm. deserve to be treated. And that's why players gravitate to him, and they play hard for him. That's why his teammates would, would, would gravitate to him as a player and a captain with the Texans or going back to his Alabama days. Having said all of that, that is why I think Cleveland, your run ends on Saturday. Because of D'Amico, Ryan's, CJ Stroud, the chemistry that group has, and man, I, this is going to sound bad, but Joe Flacco is a remarkable story. Oh, are you about to say Joe Flacco is it has a
1: great over. personality?
2: The, are you, you know, about to say that? That's always no, the
1: worst when you're like, "I'm going to no, invite you, I'm no, going to introduce no, you to my friend." Is she cute? Well, over. she has a
2: great personality. This is where the run ends. It's done. I'm looking at two, three picks, uh, that kind of game from Joe Flacco, and that's why I think the Texans move on. Why I like the Texans in this
1: game, in it's, they take care of the ball, and that was one of the things with C.J. Stroud. and what They liked him about Stroud, not, not only his leadership, but he does not really make a whole bunch of mistakes, and he's played, played pretty clean football. In fact, the whole Texan squad has played pretty clean football. Uh, NFL low 14 turnovers. On the flip side, the Browns love to give freebies out of 37 turnovers this year. In fact, it's the first playoff matchup since 1970 between the NFL leader in turnovers and the team with the fewest turnovers. That's just crazy to me. I wasn't it, born. It, right. I would have lost that bet. I thought you were. No, I'm just joking. Um, I thank you. I'm born in 79. I look at this and I'm like, these are, it's, it's intriguing because I'm like, who do I want to have win? Because, I want to pull for Flacco. I want to pull for the Browns who've just been in this like God forsaken purgatory of of the NFL for so long. And then I still find myself pulling against them because of the Deshaun Watson. It's not even Deshaun Watson about the player that he was, but then the fact that you gave Deshaun Watson a fully guaranteed contract for $230 million. Guaranteed. Guaranteed contract. Right? And I look at this and I go, I just can't do it. On the flip side of it, two years ago, we're talking about the Houston Texans being the absolute laughingstock of the NFL, right? I mean, it was report and story after story, and it was a pastor involved and in making calls. I mean, all all these weird things, and we're like, well, they'll never get it right. And what did they do? They grab Meek D'Amico Ryan's. They go out there, and luckily. You know, they they win the last game of the season. They don't have the number one pick. Maybe they go Bryce Young and everything changes. But then they get C.J. Stroud. Then they have the stones to say, you know what, I'm going to go back and I'm going to go grab Will Anderson as well. What the hell is that draft pick going to be if I don't grab a guy that I want?
2: You're about to see another level from Will Anderson also, to your point.
1: It's just, I like the Texans in this game. And and talk about a team now with D'Amico and – Will Anderson, that's a star. But you know it as much as anybody, that if you grab a rookie quarterback that hits, buddy, you're set up for three more years. You're set up. Minimum. And if I'm not mistaken, I was looking at the cap space coming up. Texans sit there with, I believe, the third most cap space going into next year. They got $60 million of Play-Doh that they can play in. And they what sit in the a division that ain't that great. What did you say the money line was? What, Steele? What, what is the money line? There so, for that game.
2: 125, I, is that it? Plus 125?
1: Yeah, Moneyline's plus 125. 20, for yes, the damn, Texans, bet, yeah.
2: damn, that's low. I mean, that, that, again, that, that's like almost begging people to take the feel good story of Flacco and then Miles Garrett and the Browns over the Texans. Again, that's why when everyone goes one side, mm-hmm. like everybody I talk to in Houston, Washington, give me the Huskies, give me the Huskies plus the five, give me the Huskies. Yeah. Man, if I could have gone Musburger after. Talking to you on Saturday <laughs> yeah. and talking to everybody else the next day and a half. Everybody loved Washington. Everyone's on Cleveland right now. Guess what? Give
1: me By the, the way, Texans. La- last time they were a betting favorite, 1994, wild card versus New England under Bill Belichick. Belichick was the head coach of the Cleveland Browns the last Nick time Saban they were a was betting a favorite. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Uh, Sabin. Harbaugh, Belichick, all of that coming up. And is there almost too much parody in the NFL? Peter Burns, Ian Fitzsimmons here on ESPN Radio.